Welcome to this episode of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. And in this episode, I want to begin with a question. And trust me, this is going somewhere. When was the last time you marveled at something or someone when you stopped to put your focus off of yourself and onto or onto what was around or in front of you? I'll, I know that was a very long question, so I'll say, say it again. When was the last time you marveled at something or someone when you stopped to put your focus off of yourself and onto what was around or, 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 or in front of you? I think many answers can come out of that. Um, for the dudes, um, I know that this is, I know that a handful of you guys listening in are probably going to think, man, like Atticus is constantly talking about gospel riz. Um, but I, um, I feel like I'm definitely going to regret coining that, coining that term at some point. Uh, but, um, this, this is going to be a bit on, this may be a bit more on the humorous side, but it may be you finally being awakened to the beauty of a certain lady in your life that you consider dating, uh, beauty, mind you, not some kind of sensuality. There's a huge difference I've talked about before, um, on the podcast. Sure. There's a, there is a physical attractiveness aspect there. And, and I will say gents, desiring intimacy in marriage is a biblical thing. Let's not shun that. Although we need to be honest, you can't circle that airport forever. That proverbial plane will have to land at some point and you need to approach it with purity and dignity as you court that young lady into the marriage covenant. And yet, you see more than that physical attractiveness aspect present. You see godly character, a gentle and quiet spirit that cares, nobility, modesty, and a personality that meshes with you. Or is that just me? And if it is, I just shared the machinations of my mind for all to hear. Um, and so moving on from that weird analogy, I guess, uh, for the, for others listening in, it may be related to nature as I was, I, I think this idea came up as I was hanging out with some friends who were, who were preparing to leave for summer overseas missions or graduate last night as of writing the manuscript for this podcast. Uh, we were walking to picnic point and I was thinking of a time of the time that I did a six ish mile ruck before school started my sophomore year at UW. That might be one of the most grueling physical things I've ever done. Um, if I remember correctly, I started close to the Madison Capitol Square and my goal was to get to Picnic Point and then back home. I can't remember at what point of day I began, but it was more of like a screw it type moment. It was either during very early in the morning or, or early-ish in the morning, um, or crud. I think it was probably during the morning or sometime around sunset. Um, as I always say to my friends, Tina didn't raise no sissy, and Tina didn't raise no quitter, although I jokingly will also remark that there are some days I swear she raised the fool. Um, anyway, the, the, uh, the initial part of me getting to picnic, picnic point was a heck of a time. Um, I remember the first half 
mile to actually get to the end of it was grueling with a 30-ish pound backpack. And I remember even running, even quote-unquote sprinting at certain intervals to see how hard I could push myself after I finally got to the end of Picnic Point. And that's when it struck me again, just the beauty of it. Once I stopped focusing upon myself and everything I went through to get to my destination, I was able to appreciate and enjoy that panoramic view of Madison and I guess a decent bit of Dane County as well. And those stories or illustrations are pretty comical or, or I don't know, romantic or whatnot, depending on how you interpret them. But I want to say that as we go throughout our faith walk, I'm afraid that as Christians, we tend to lose sight of, of God in our day-to-day life. We become so self-focused that we forget to marvel and rest in God for who He is, and that we end up treating God's Word as merely a collection of verses, meant to be nothing more than a self-help um, novel, if you want to call it that, rather than God's infallible revelation, how He reveals Himself to us in His actions and attributes. Now, before I go forward, I do want to say that I don't want to nullify anyone's overall desire for application, but by the grace of God, I want to encourage and exhort people to keep doing so. That is awesome. But let us always be God-centered as we continue to live on this side of glory. This isn't exactly a perfect analogy, but in the same way that a soldier or, 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 or even a Marine needs his commanding officer to be effective on the battlefield by knowing what to do, We need to be connected to God as we fight the good fight, that we understand who he is and and out of an overflow of that, what he commands of us. Um, I've spoken about this before um, on the podcast, um, but as as our Christ awareness grows, we inadvertently grow more in our self-awareness in light of who he is, in the way he cares for us, how he loves us and what his purpose is for our lives and how it would all and how it will all convene to eternity where there is a new heaven and a new earth. And so let's finally finally get into the text, though. I'll read it out for us. Um, And it's going to be a bit of a time. So it is going to be Psalm 103 to 104. Um, And and I guess with how long this episode is going to be, this is going to be part, well, how, how long the exposition of these passages are going to take, this is probably going to be part one of, of, uh, of, I guess, rejoicing in God's mercy and, uh, sovereignty. And, and, uh, as I read it out, I do want us in some sense to get our hearts right before his word, because it is his perfect and sufficient word. And so, um, hopefully you pause the episode very briefly to just understand that as I'm reading this, this is, this is God's word and, and this is how he reveals himself to us. And so as it begins in Psalm 103, it says, my soul bless the Lord and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. 
He reveals his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him and his righteousness toward the grandchildren. Of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all his angels of great strength, who do his word, obedient to his command. Bless the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all the places where he rules. My soul, bless the Lord. And going on to Psalm 104, it says, My soul, bless the Lord. Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. He wraps himself in light as if... As if it were a robe, spreading out the sky like a canopy, laying the beams of his palace on the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind, and making the winds his messengers, the flames of fire his servants. He established the earth on its foundations. It will never be shaken. You covered it with the deep as if it were a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the place you established for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. They will never cover the earth again. He causes the springs to gush into the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They supply water for every wild beast. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside the springs. They make their voices heard among the foliage. He waters the mountains from his palace. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labor. He causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crops for, the, for man to cultivate, producing food from the earth, wine that makes the human hearts glad, making his face shine with oil and bread that sustains human hearts. The trees of the Lord flourish, the cedars of Lebanon, Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, storks make their homes in the pine trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for hyraxes. He made the moon to mark the festivals. The sun knows when to set. You bring darkness and it, be, and it becomes night when all the forest animals stir. The young lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises. They go back and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until evening. How countless are your works, God? Or, or, or how, how countless are your works, Lord? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures, be, uh, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. 
There the ships move about, and Leviathan, which you formed, to play there. All of them wait for you to give them their food at the right time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your breath, they are created, and you renew the surface of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they pour out smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God while I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners vanish from the earth and wicked people be no more. My soul bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And so that concludes part one of this very short series of rejoicing in God's mercy and sovereignty. And so I guess the homework that I'm going to assign for everybody listening in is to meditate on Psalm 103 and 104 as I hopefully, Lord willing, continue to work towards um, doing the exposition, or I guess you could even say, if you want to call it that, application portion of Psalm 104 as we dig into the truths of these beautiful psalms. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.